Today's show is brought to you by Airtable, the all-in-one collaboration platform. Producing quality content at a high volume is hard, and with newsfeed algorithms constantly shifting and audience platform preferences constantly changing, media companies need to stay agile to be at the top. That's why content production teams at places like Time use Airtable. It's flexible enough to adapt to your process, but powerful enough to keep everything on schedule and let creative people be creative. Visit Airtable.com slash Digiday today to get $50 in free credits. Welcome to the Digiday Podcast, Can Edition. I'm Brian Morrissey. I'm here in the Riviera. Um, I'm going to be speaking with media executives throughout the week. Rich said I have to do a shot every time he curses, so <laughs> I'm going to be carried out of here. Uh, my name is Brian Morrissey. Uh, I'm the editor-in-chief of Digiday. Um, thank you uh, for being here. Rich is the CEO of Complex um, and... He's very graciously agreed to share his baking in the fucking baking in the sun. In the heat. Um, and we're gonna make this interactive. But Rich, I just want to start off with: um, Are we in a pivot to reality when it comes to media? Uh, I don't think you're being aggressive enough with that comment. Okay. I, I think that actually occurred. I don't know if you remember this. We did a, our podcast a while ago. The uh, one of the other ones in the in, in New York, and I was like. You know, um, I made the analogy like you know, there's a uh, you ever been on a big sailboat, and you know when it's when it's going, and the wind stops. If you're on a big boat, there's so much momentum that unless you're the person who's looked up and realized there's no wind in the sail, you're like and you're and you're slowing down, but you don't feel it because of the momentum. That's exactly what happened about a year ago in media when all the margins started compressing and all the revenues started compressing and all these people who stopped raising capital and have been unprofitable and have been sucking it down going, oh, it's gonna get better. Like, it's not a pivot to reality. The reality happened. It's just, it's a late realization of it is the real fucking problem. You know what it actually, it's, it's like when you come to a party and the rosé is actually run out but like everyone's drunk and so they don't actually realize it. So you just, it's just canned. <laughs> That's, it's, it's just, it's just canned. Can. The media industry has become canned um, in some ways. And vice versa. No, I, 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 and I think it's the unfortunate thing is it's not just the reality happened a while ago. What, and it's a, it's a very dark reality because it's disproportionate. It's gonna affect a lot of companies. And on top of it, it's, it's going to drag down categories and some people that are on their way up that could have really good businesses that are going to get screwed over in the process. Is this just a, a factor of a lot of companies raising too much venture capital? Venture capital always stayed away from media because media does not scale like technology, different multiples. Um, better multiples though. So it's like it doesn't scale but better multiples because of the sex factor of media. You got to remember media sell has sold, the people who have sold or have raised, have raised at multiples far beyond their revenue multiples and far beyond what like tech multiples are or ever have been. So I, I think that it's a double-edged sword. I don't, I don't blame venture capital. I don't think that that's the issue. I think the real issue is you had a lot of people on the media brand side um, behave really badly 
um, reverse engineering their business to optics out in the marketplace. And I think instead of putting the consumer first and thinking about how and how that's going to create a long-term sustainable business on a foundational basis to the advertising community and brands, um, people were like, well, this guy just sold for this. Let me go chase that and, and reverse my business model to look more like his or theirs. And, you know, I... I, I Venture accelerated it and amplified it, but I don't think that was the cause. I think that was just an amplifier within it. So are we going to see massive consolidation then, do you think, in digital media? Are we not already? I mean, we talked about this as well. I, I, I think you're going to see five or six companies either own directly or indirectly and have portfolios of a large scale of verticalized brands. I just, I don't even think that's up for debate. And I think it's happening right now. And the unfortunate effect of that, related to what I was saying before, not to conflate things, but it's like anybody who's out like an independent, as strong as they are or as great as they are, might lose because they don't have the leverage and the buying power and the ability to go have high level agency conversations at large scale basis are going to be left out in the cold because everybody's, you know, I, I'll, same analogy I used last time. And you question my, like, why I sold to Verizon and Hearst. And I said, I'm like, there's 5,000 companies playing a game of musical chairs, and there are five chairs. One of those, two of those chairs got together and offered me both chairs. We took them. And that's, that is consolidation in and of itself. I just, that was two years ago. I don't think a lot of people realize the level and the acceleration that is about to happen from a So what has changed from two years ago, having two owners? I mean, it's hard enough to have one owner. Yes, it is. have two owners? Come on. Well, it's, 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 it's a double-edged sword, right? Um, there's a complication that it's a 50-50 partnership. But you have to remember, because it's a 50-50 partnership, I'm not, I didn't get owned and, and put into another company and have, to, and have to integrate in. We're run as an independent company, uh, as a JV within Verizon, from Verizon and Hearst perspective. So Complex is the operating company, and I'm the CEO of that operating company for all of the verticalized brands sitting within that JV. So it's an independent company. So I have a lot more uh, say and a lot more control and a lot more leeway over what we do and don't do. Um, we still have to deliver numbers to those co those companies. We have to uh, put out a strategy that sates both of them, uh, which have you know at times competing objectives. Um, but I could argue that having two owners within a structure, if you're operationally owner, if you're owning that operations is a lot better than having to sell to one owner, it be clear who that who that is, but then have to integrate into a larger, um, very uh, obtuse and clunky type of situation. Do you make money? We all have always made, we've made money since 2000. I mean profits. Yes, I mean, I, I don't mean revenues. You, I think you know me better than that at this point, by the way. Uh, we've been profitable since 2012. And then every pivot or every additional um, revenue line or other things that we add, we self-fund. We don't go and dip. Okay, you use the P word, so I'm going to take license to go, Let's go. for the pivot world. Are you are asking you, for permission you, for that? Are you, a, are you now like, uh, did you do the pivot to video before it was cool? For, you, I mean, you know the answer. Thank you for the softball, Brian. Uh, I mean, we went, we, look, we went hard in 2012. And I think... You know, a lot of people have been chasing that 15, 16. They, they're very late to the game. 
Um, and, I, and I've said it before to you, I think the big problem with the pivot to video is that very few people are spending any time or money focusing on what is your individual strategy and what is that content and how does it differentiate and how does it add value to the end fucking consumer. And Do uh, I have to take a drink because of end fucking consumer? Uh, <laughs> can I get another glass of rosé, by the way? Like the, uh, um, this way we can keep really going. But uh, no, no, I, I, I look, I think... It's, 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 the, the pivot to video is end up killing a lot of people because they, going into video is not the strategy. The stra how is, how are you going to go into it? Um, and what, look, when we went into it, we went into it in a very large way in that we never looked at ourselves as a, oh, we're going to do digital video. We looked at digital video as a conduit to building a channel of premium long form content to be monetized on several different platforms with different windows of monetization. There was like, oh my God, a long-term business strategy that would that would actually have profitability at the front of that, right? And you know, you have your concurrent your 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 masters, your serving as the end consumer and the and your owners from a profitability perspective. We never looked at it and said, how do I make a um, I'm not trying to bash, but like a here's a video and here's my hands and I'm going to make some mac and cheese Are you talking about and it's going to look I'm looking at or any of them taste whatever the all their taste <laughs> things, right? Whatever those are. And it's it's those are great, but like I'm in who knows which brand you're watching. It's not differentiated and it's a whole bunch of empty calories. It's Facebook video views that are unmonetizable. And, you know, most of those people are not building brands. I mean, some of them are some... you give me the case you're building a brand, really, because I mean, like I can get a lot of like stuff about the latest sneaker drop, the latest Yeezys out there. It's a lot of people covering sneakers. Right? Can, well, let me ask you this. That's a, that, again, nice softball. Um, <laughs> Everybody that's going and doing that is still doing it in either text or maybe an Instagram post with like one little thing. And that's great. And maybe that's the discovery on a news perspective. We have a little show called Sneaker Shopping with Joe LaPuma, which is a long form. Right. By the way, everyone has because over a seven day period, the first seven day period, any episode dropping, we do between eight and 12 million views. You know what? Linear is that good? Linear cable would kill for that. I mean, this is how this long is, do, they, what, do they spend like two minutes, minute and a half? Average view time, it's the average length of it is 18 minutes and 43 seconds. The average view time, it's a 70%, thank you so much, by the way. It's a seven, this is a much better, nicer rosé. Um, it's a 70% completion rate. So start doing the math. If it's 70% completion rate, that's almost three quarters of 18 minutes. So it's 12 and a half, 13 minutes, right? So your average view time is 12 and a half or 13 minutes versus what? a 30 to 35 second video on Facebook about mac and cheese with bacon in it. Right. And I'm sorry, but there's a lot more value there. And you're seeing the person, you're seeing our brand integrated, you're seeing that person talk about vehicles that are either a movie they're dropping or a sports game that's coming up that they're gonna play in. And this is a real brand and a franchise that people follow and care about. And then we have iterations. If you have a strong enough brand and you've created like real viewership around sneaker shopping with Joe LaPuma, you can now go, hey, let's take, let's take Khaled who was on sneaker shopping and let's go to his closet and talk about all his brands. And let's do a new reinvention of MTV Cribs and talk about his, his, his garage and everything else like that. These are, that is the power of building a franchise. And then 
you have to remember, no one asked Tasty to go and do interstitials for the Food Network. Sneaker shopping with Joe LaPuma was so popular and had so many sports people on it that MSG reached out to us and we broadcast a full episode of that after Nick Games on MSG and we actually increased their viewership. So we're getting paid. We have the monetization that happens on our platform. We now get paid to license that content on linear. We're increasing the audience there, which is then increasing the audience from a digital perspective. This is a build once, create an audience, and then move that audience around and get paid in multiple ways across so you didn't the board. focus on Facebook. You know we didn't. Like, I mean, that I was don't like, know. no, but you know, we talked about it. It was like, I lots of people say they didn't focus on Facebook, but yeah, no, come but on. look, we t we talked about it from a and I I and you can go back and play the tape if you want, like not to <laughs> play the sports thing, but it's like we I I said you could never be dependent upon one platform, especially one that is not your own. We but always dependent on YouTube. No, we're not dependent on YouTube is. 45 or 50 percent of our views on any given month we have a lot on our owned and operated asset we have a lot of distribution in multiple areas we have a ton of linear distribution both with uh, the complex block on fuse the the block that is formerly was just uh sneaker shopping at Jola Puma and now hot ones is going to be distributed on msg as well we have several other deals that i can't talk about that hopefully should be signed within weeks of this festival ending but we don't look at we don't look at youtube is a conduit for us it's an audience builder it's a discovery platform for the brands and then we build those franchises on multiple platforms across the board it's that's always been our strategy it's never been to live and die i mean we have a show here's a perfect case example we have a an, a secondary sneaker show called full size run which is con like a deep dive conversation for super sneaker heads like sneaker shopping super control sneaker heads well like Sneaker Shopping with Jola Puma is you and I could watch it, other sneakerheads can watch it, but my mom could also watch it because Deion Sanders is on and Roger Federer is on and Ronnie Feig is on. But, but Full Size Run is for the hardcore fans who know the difference between all the, the, the colorways that are going to drop for Yeezys that are upcoming. That, to me, right now is uh, a front and center, our foundational dot-com distribution. We're actually recutting that to be super friendly from a from a um, uh, a, a um, Instagram basis because it's set up to own Instagram stories. You think about every sneaker is a little panel and a little pod within that, and then they can have a, a really deep dive discussion from authentic experts within the marketplace talking about each of those things. Could you think about a better platform that is ready for sneakers than Instagram in that respect? So yeah, what's the future of cable? Oh. Wow. Uh, I think you're going to see a real disproportionate uh, drop in carriage fees over the next three to five years. All the contracts are up. And no, people, when, when the economic shift, you know, most um, cable channels, um, the economics are 55 or 60 percent of your revenues are your carriage fees, and 40 to 45 percent are advertising fees, and you now get are getting paid a lot less for a lot less distribution because they're going to get canceled and they're going to not be carried in as many homes because more people are going to be OTT in other areas, and then you're going to be able to sell less ad revenue. Both sides of that equation are going to shrink, and the carriage fee is disproportionately going to shrink. And a lot of those people that have been getting paid just because they deliver enough 
are now going to be challenged in other marketplaces on a month to month basis because that's going to be the future of paid media to have subscriber bases and other things along those lines. And you're going to see a lot of channels completely disappear. Today's sponsor is Airtable, the all-in-one collaboration platform. The digital landscape is constantly evolving. And for your content to break through, your publishing strategy needs to be adaptable. That's why when teams at Condé Nast Entertainment, BuzzFeed Studios, and Group 9 Media needed a tool to fine-tune their production process for the modern age, they turned to Airtable. With Airtable, you can build the collaborative, streamlined production process needed to take advantage of every viral trend. Everyone, try it today. Head to Airtable.com slash Digiday to receive $50 in free credits. So is your bet that it's being able to create enough quality but at a, a far lower cost? Like sneaker shopping does not cost the same, you know, like you go to a sneaker shop and like, you know, it's multi-camera, but each episode does not cost like $100,000. Not even close. Right. Not even close. But how many people could actually even contemplate creating content that enough that that many people care about at that scale? It's not about the money. I think there's one aspect missing. This is not a rinse and repeat model. What the one thing you're missing within your 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 viewpoint of what 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 our business can be is the differentiated content that we're owning are verticals that a lot of other people can't even think of entering. Sneakers, art and design, hip hop culture. Like there's not a lot of people that can speak intelligently about those topics and create that compelling of content. So it's differentiated. We're already we have a massive advantage when we go to start acquiring audience, right? And um, that that differentiation and then a better business model and a more aggressive way to move that is 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 our new uh, special sauce. Previously, it's like it's like what's the special sauce? Like if you have best in class content, then you can create a channel, right? You have must see TV. If you have Mad Men or Game of Thrones or um, uh, Living Dead, you know, like uh, whatever the show might be. We're going to have multiple franchises in the most important and most differentiated verticals that are relevant to Gen Z and Gen X, right? Or millennials and and, and Gen Z, especially the Gen Z side of things. And if we create that much content and we are also not beholden, like we're never going to sign an individual cable deal where we only are restricted to put our content in one place. We're gonna have the ability to move that content in multiple windows and monetize it everywhere. That also means we could reach our audience everywhere they need to be. We don't have to point our audience to one place that they might not want to go. I don't wanna have that headache. So we're creating channels of content against the most powerful verticals for youth culture and then be able to distribute them on a year by year, month by month basis in the most highly monetizable, effective way possible. So it seems like a lot of media companies in this era, particularly when Facebook poured on the gas, have not really been creating brands. I think we both agree on that. hundred percent. Are we coming to a point where that's being exposed? Because everyone had audience building tricks. I think, I'm going to add to that. I think yes, but I think even more so, um, you know, direct traffic to dot-coms is going down. Everybody's, right? People are consuming things uh, in different ways. They're coming in sideways from social. And as social continues to close down their platforms and have people consume it there, you're gonna see less and less sideways traffic come in. And it's just how, 
I look at the series and the brands that we develop, but I think about the shows that we're creating as new versions of verticalized websites, like Hot Ones and First We Feast and uh, The Burger Show and um, Food Grails and Sneaker Shopping and Full Size Run are the new Nice Kicks and, and uh, Soul Collector. And uh, those were yesterday, the dot-coms were yesterday. These franchises that can travel and create audience in different platforms on a premium video content basis are the websites of yesterday. And I think that's where people are broken. It's not about, uh, oh, well, I was too dependent upon this distribution platform. No, ask yourself why you even were dependent on it. Like, were you pleasing your audience and were you thinking about the way they're going to consume content, what content they want to consume, and then where they're going to consume it in the future? And to me, uh, that's where we're betting and we're betting hard. Like, we're, we, do, we create 33 weekly and daily shows just digitally. We program ourselves with more original content than most linear cable channels do. That's a massive differentiator between us and because those are the new websites for us. Those are the new dot coms. Did you read the New York Magazine article on Vice? Uh, I have read it. I've perused it yeah. once or twice. What was your What was your reaction? I mean, basically, it, it painted it to be like basically a house of cards, a bit of a con. I mean, what was it? The the the, the subline was the slug was. Um, the greatest bluff or something like yeah. that. Um, look, I, I, I try not to comment on the health of other people's businesses. Okay, okay. I try, okay. No, no, disclaimer, no, disclaimer, disclaimer, disclaimer. No, 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 no. I, I always comment though on the on on the difference the differences between business models and other things. I think, and I've told you this before. I think they made a bad bet. I think um, it was short money. I think. Taking a channel on a linear, a linear cable channel, uh, if you're trying to, be, like, they were like, we're going to be the new ESPN and the new uh, um, uh, CNN and the new, what was the other one, all wrapped together in one, MTV, and, it, and, the, and, and then you run towards the old business model, I think you're limiting you know, not to be painfully consistent about what we're saying is if you, if you, if you're trying to point somebody to a place to the, a place they have to go where people might not even subscribe to cable, a disproportionate amount of your supposed audience, I think you're creating a, a problem. So you think Viceland was the, the big strategic mistake? I think it was, a, I think that was a mistake personally. So you would not want a complex No, I've said chat. that, I've said that from day one. I've never wanted a linear cable channel, um, even as much content as we create. Um, I, I think you need that flexibility to be able to go to multiple places. And I think you need to go to multiple windows within that in order to make all of this work on a monetization basis and to please and reach your audience. I, I just don't think that's up for debate. And, um, and I don't know the inner workings of the company. Um, you know, and look, I am an all boats rise guy though. I think it is unfortunate to see the problems that certain people that within the use culture space having issues because it does hurt the overall category. Um, it comes into question the the uh, uh, the money that comes in and, and supports the category and the target audience. So it, it, it doesn't help anybody in that respect. Um, you know, look, no one, and I've said this to you before, no one has done a better job creating uh, 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 in a lore around a brand better than Vice. Yeah. No one. Well, that can work both ways, right? I mean, one, it's like it's very impressive. It, 
you know, the amount of, of money they took on and the fact that they sold a dream is, is very good. But there has to be reality behind that, right? Well, I mean, you and eventually have to They deliver. never had a real audience, as far as I could tell. Um, talking about them in the past person, like, we've pa <laughs> in the past, like, they're deceased. Uh, <laughs> that, was, that was really bad. Um, look, I... I, I you know, you got everybody can go look at the numbers, right? You look at the numbers of, of what they've delivered in here and there. I mean, it's a it's it's a it's a very interesting brand. I always look at I, I always looked at how we differentiated from them. I did not appreciate. I think they're they've always been a dark and brooding and a negative brand. They've been very exclusive. We've always been very fun, entertaining and inclusive. Um, Foundationally, I think that's been a monster difference between the way we create content. Um, we're not salacious for being salacious sake. It's um, we kind of have a, com a social commentary and uh, around social uh, cultural impacts that, that go out there. And uh, I, I, I will tell you this, you know how hard it is running a, co a media company in this day and age. I am more than consumed running my own company. The last thing I can do is worrying about uh, anybody else. Has Trump been good for business because you've seen advertisers want to stay away from hard news and get into like some sneakers? Well, you know, the only way I can I, I can say, I don't know whether it's a direct Trump effect, but look, we finished last year up 31% in ad revenues. Um, I know that that's a very big number versus a lot of other people. We're up year to date, it's 27% on top of that versus last year. Um, and I that and I'm not trying to, this is not a dance on anybody's grave because I'm not like I just said I'm an all boats rise guy but those are big numbers versus a lot of other people um, we're competing uh, for you know noise here with the New York Times their ad business is in decline um, well that's why they that's, have to scream so loud I don't know if that is I don't know if that's if that's related uh, and there is a theory that like you know that they are so immersed in uh, the Trump uh, story, rightly so, for their business, but that it is having a, a negative impact on their ad business. Because what advertiser wants it, reading stuff about politics now gets people angry in one way or the other. Look, I... Um, what advertiser wants to be like, oh, hey. Let me, let me say it this way. Um, you know, I, I go back to certain, uh, I'm, I'm amazed uh, did you guys see the whole phenomenon with Jack at, at Twitter around the Chick-fil-A thing where he posted he actually was eating a Chick-fil-A and everybody shit all over him that like, how could you support Chick-fil-A in this time and with everything going on? And I'm sorry, I think that's insane. Like the guy had a Chick-fil-A. Like, I mean, seriously, he ate a fucking chicken sandwich. Like, why is this a thing? Like, I, I mean, it's a little much. Um... I I, 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 I I have very strong opinions politically myself. Um, I choose to um, uh, make them come to life within the content that we develop um, without being biased. We don't start from a biased perspective. We start with opening up conversations and being but very does positive. But seep, does that necessarily seep into... The, I mean, you're, you're telling a cultural story at Complex, right? You saw like ESPN try to avoid politics and suddenly politics became very involved in sports. Yes. Are you able to, do you purposefully steer away from any sort of... No, we don't steer away from, look, politics and, and political news and the stats and, you know, like uh, uh, 
uh, what senators are on the dole for gun control are not what people are coming to complex for. Um, our, our political stances and other things come to light when we do um, when we do something like we have a show called The Blueprint, right? Where we expose entrepreneurs, non-traditional entrepreneurs who've been massively successful, um, and and they tell their story and what they've had to overcome. And it's everybody from Jimmy Iovine to um, Bobby Hundreds to Will Packer to Charles King to Karen Civil to um, and and and. And, and it organically happens. The conversation happens, right? Um, and, and to me, I think you have to put it out there, but you don't put it out there the way MSNBC or Fox News does from a fringe and, a, well, you fit our narrative, right? Like here's, let's go, let's go bash and push people more towards disagreeing with one another. I really think it is motivating when a human being tells an overcoming story, even if I don't, might not agree with everything, who they are and what they represent, I now can see what they had and I can, I can, or what they had to overcome and I can see real traits that I can now suck into and go, I'm going to latch onto this and it's going to change the way I think or at least give me, uh, push me towards opening my mind a little bit more. Um, and maybe I'm being way ethereal here, but, um, I think that's our job, is putting forth consistent stories about people who've done it non-traditionally that don't get the credit that they deserve for what they break through and do. And, 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 and that's something, that's the one place where I'll get a little up on my soapbox about. Um, and I don't see a lot of people caring to that degree about really shining a light. This isn't an agenda thing. It's about shining a light on people that deserve stories to be told. Right. So final question is, if you were not running Complex, I know, try to imagine, uh, what would be a media company that you would want to run? Because you I'm gonna, see... I'm gonna answer it, I'm gonna answer it first and then you could follow up. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna say that so many are, and I'm not, we're, we have our own problems as well, but so many are so challenged that if I had to do something right now, I would actually want to start something completely new that had a ground zero up build of a business model um, because I think you can actually take advantage of what's going on out here and, and build it properly without any baggage or legacy issues or other things okay, like that. Okay, what area would that be? I'm trying to get oh, that's a, that's a that's a good. <laughs> You're leaving, Nick. It's no. over. It's no, a wrap. No, 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 Did no. you get that? You everybody got that? It's over. <laughs> no, I I look. Um, I I I honestly would go after. Um, and it's just something that's near and dear to my heart. I love what we were doing with Blueprint. I think new school business, yeah. um, cultural business, is a completely ignored sector. I think it is white space beyond belief. And I think there's a huge wantedness within the marketplace for those stories. If I see another, but you go to like MSNBC or Fox, and if I see another thing on Mark Cuban, Elon Musk, or Jeff Bezos, and I love all those guys and they're amazing, but how many times do you need to tell the same story? I want to tell a story, and honestly, I, how many kids out there see those stories and go, look, I didn't know the people they knew. I didn't go to the schools they went to. I didn't have the connections they had. I didn't have the access to capital. I think there's a massive swell and a movement 
that you can solve for in the cultural entrepreneur side of things. That would be where I would focus. And honestly, I mean, that's like Blueprint. I mean, Blueprint alone. Blueprint is, alone. Is it's it's, it's an amazing story. look. It's very motivating. It's something that you know. It was not a money maker for us, but I. Damn, but I damn! If, if you, we were not going to go do it, you end up getting into like the hashtag hustle culture of like you know. It's but like notice we did we not use that terminology, like, by uh, the way. I I I think that gets that gets lowest, overblown. But that gets lowest common denominator. Like I and, and I love Gary. Gary is great, by the way. Like Vaynerchuk, if you guys don't know, but it's like I, that's not that's not where I'm trying to go. Like it's not the self help thing side of of cultural entrepreneurial it's it's telling motivational stories and there's no lack of them i mean you can't walk around here or have a glass of rosé or an aperol with anybody who's like holy shit you did what you built what you did what and nobody knows about those right like it's only the top tier of the ridiculous stories that you hear and i think there's a massive play out there for that like that that's what that's what i would want to do okay thank you very much rich awesome okay cool thank awesome. you very much for coming great appreciate it thank you sir thank you Always. i really appreciate it